Hey, this is Chad Nelson with the A-Team Real Estate Professionals with Caldwell Banker Realty, and you are watching Real Estate Unscripted. Unscripted. Hey, this is Chad Nelson with the A-Team at Caldwell Banker Realty, and in today's podcast, we're going to talk about new construction. Uh, new construction is uh, by far the most popular home to buy in Lake Havasu, and in many ways, it uh, it really it really projects of what the market is doing in Lake Havasu City. And with me today, I have uh, Jeff Okamara from Foothills Bank. Yes, sir. Uh, and I've got Joel Kellner and Vitrinity or Vitrinity Mortgage. Vitrinity Mortgage. So. Sorry, that that's hard to hard to pronounce. No problem, Croatian name. <laughs> but they're they're both they're both uh, very good lenders that I've worked with personally, and they can get things done. So that's why I have them here today. And what we're going to start off first with is new construction financing, and what it takes to to get a new construction loan. So uh, Jeff, we'll go ahead and start with you. And if someone comes in, they say, hey. Uh, I bought a lot 10 years ago, and I've always wanted to build a new construction home. Uh, what do I need to get financed? Well, it's not any different than any other loan. Uh, the biggest thing is is, is you still have to qualify. Um, you're going to look at, depending on which type of product you're going to use, it's going to be either the rate, and there's also going to be a um, uh, uh, an add-on, depending on if you're doing a two-time single close. Uh, two-time close, all-in-one is going to basically you close and you're done. Uh, two-time close, you're going to have a construction loan, and then um, you'll have uh, the permanent loan afterwards. Permanent loan, when you do that, we typically qualify at a little bit higher rate than what the going rate is right now, uh, just to kind of play the advocate in case rates go up, which we've seen in the mm-hmm. last in the last what year. Um, and so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because that is a typical lender answer right there. And for the for the general public, that is like a totally different language. So um, let's let's talk about you know what what people are gonna need, like what they're the process of what they're gonna have to do, and I'll open it up to both of you um, because they're gonna need to. Uh, there's gonna be some issues with the lot how much is the lot worth does that count towards their financing um do they need building plans do they need an appraisal so let's talk a little okay, bit about little about more, that more depth yeah a little bit about that process of and and we'll start with you know i own my own lot and i bought my lot 10 years ago and you know what can i do now how, how do i how do i count that lot is it, does it yeah, count? Yeah, we'll open it up both ways. Our policy right now is if you own the lot less than a year, we're going to take the purchase price or the appraised value, the lesser of the two. Um, if you've owned it more than a year, we're going to look at off the appraised value. Uh, at the time of when you start the process, we need some kind of bearing. So that's where we rely on you guys, mm-hmm. real estate agents and realtors, uh, to tell us, to tell the borrowers what they think it'll go for and what the value is. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that, add it to the cost of construction, and then that's going to be your total purchase price as if you're buying a house. Um, and the only difference is if the house is worth, lot's worth 150000 you have $150,000 down already. Okay. Now so about your policies. So best case scenario is you own the lot prior to starting the construction loan. Um, there's no seasoning requirements for our investor, so we don't, we don't have the one-year um, hold period. 
it, what I have been seeing a lot of people do is get seller financing. They purchase the lot, uh, give the seller some kind of down payment on the lot, they own the lot, then you can now use the future appraised value of the property to base your loan to value calculation off of. Mm -hmm. So uh, otherwise, if you're not owning the lot, you're doing acquisition cost plus uh, construction cost and basing your loan to value off of that. So it's more advantageous if you own the lot uh, already, whether you have a loan on it or don't have a loan on it, it's more it's more to your advantage to uh, have that lot in your name prior to starting the construction loan. Okay. So in in both circumstances, the the value of the lot is going to count towards your down payment. So I think a lot of people that own land, they fear that they're not going to be able to afford to build on their lot. And I think the clarification that if you own your lot and your lot is worth $150,000, then that is a credit towards your down payment on the new construction financing Any in equity. both circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Only, only, the only thing is I want to add to that, if you do have that financed, it's going to be the equity minus what you owe. So right. if you have a $150,000 lot, you owe fifty grand. you only got $100,000 in, in equity. Sure, now. sure. So yeah. Just so people, you know. Less, less what you owe. But if you own the, the lot outright, outright, and you bought it, you know, six months ago, and you bought it for $150,000, the value that you paid for it is going to be your... The, the amount that's counted towards your down payment. For us, it's that or the appraised value. Yeah. So if it actually goes down, it's, it's you know, or up, or any, you know, well, we're going to either use that plus or the, or the appraised value, the lesser of the two. And okay. They use the, the appraised value um, no matter what. Or, so ground up, yeah. yeah. I mean, renovation a little differently, but yeah, ground up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about appraised value, we're talking about, and we're going to get back to the requirements needed for new construction financing. So you're obviously going to have to have a builder, right? And can you just select any builder that you want? For us, no. We actually do a little bit of background checks on the builders. We want to know we want to know who we're dealing with. Um, uh, there's a process. It's not too intensive, but we have an application we fill out. It's got references. We're going to check the references. Um, we're also going to run their their um, license by their OC register of contractors to make sure that there's no complaints. Um, if we see any complaints, we'll give them an opportunity to address them. But we, you know, any recent complaints, we're really going to kind of probably shy away from that that builder. Just we don't want to have any problems. Okay. Similar process to our investor. They're going to look at uh, personal credit of the builder. They're going to look at business credit of the uh, corporation. Uh, they're going to they they have the builder filled out a questionnaire. Uh, that questionnaire is going to talk about their recent projects that they've completed. So our particular investor wants to see uh, three, uh, 10 completed projects in the last three years. Um, and you know they'll have them list those out. They'll call references. Uh, they ask for the builder's driver's license and contractor's license. And uh, they do their due diligence to make sure that the builder you've selected uh, is, is not an endorsement of that builder, but they make sure that that builder you know, will most likely be able to complete the job uh, that you're hiring them to do. Right. And yeah, it's the same. It's the same. We, we actually require a two-year, I forgot to mention that, but it is the two-year um, requirement on license. You have to be a lease license for two years. License for two years, and how many build jobs? That I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. 
but it's going to be similar. Yeah, it's going to be similar, and, yeah. it's, and it's a it's a just a precaution to protect. It protects the investor and also protects the um, uh, the borrower too. I mean, that's that's basically what we're trying to do. Sure, they do require a six sixty minimum FICO score for the builder as well. So we would like a score one. Okay. We don't pull up credit. No. Okay. We used to. Um, they stopped that. But the point is, is when when you're selecting a builder, there are going to be certain requirements that uh, that are requirements of the builder, not just of the, of the buyer. Um, so it's important to, and that's the point I want to get to, is if you're a realtor, you might want to talk to your lenders. You know who is already approved, who's an approved builder, and start there before you send your clients to builders, call the banks and say, you know, <laughs> who's an approved builder? So, because if they're not an approved builder, then you as the realtor have to meet with the bank and go through the entire process to get them approved. So it's important to start with the banks first. And it's the same thing with, if you're just a buyer, you know, you if you have a, a fa- favorite model home that you just want to see, you're, oh, I just love that model home and you walk into that model home, they say, yeah, I can build you a house, and they're not approved with a bank, well, that's going to add how long to the process? The, the builder approval process? Our process, usually a couple weeks. It really depends on, on workload. I mean, it's gonna, it, it's, stuff has slowed down a little bit. We still have quite a few projects going on right now. So um, it, it'll probably be a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. Usually about a couple weeks we can get it done. Okay, so two weeks to a month. I've seen it quicker than that as well. Um, and there are different tiered builders as well, depending on the builder's experience. Um, they have three different tiers where, uh, as far as releasing draws, basically you know, tier one, they're gonna release that draw regardless. Tier two, they're gonna wanna you know do a little bit more due diligence. And then tier three is probably the most inexperienced builder. It's gonna take a little bit more work to get each draw released. But you know that's all spelled out once the builder is, is approved. Um, that, that's all kind of spelled out. Yeah, so <laughs> it is an important part of the process and it is important to know that, I mean, there's a lot of builders that want work and they wanna build houses, um, but they may not have been through that process. And they may be approved with banks who are not really offering new construction financing right now um, because there's a, lot of go- there's a lot going on with the new construction uh, financing market. So that's what I want to talk about next is um, I've sold a lot of lots in the last couple of years. I mean, a ton of, of land. And what we're seeing right now is people have gone through that process. They've selected a builder that's approved with a lender. Uh, they've gotten their plans done, their past appraisal. And what's required uh, and I think it's going to be the same with both banks, is a cost breakdown from the builder. Yes, that is one of them. Is that correct? Cost breakdown, absolutely. They're going to need to see description materials um, and a line-by-line budget uh, for, the, for, the, uh, for that particular job as well as a contract between the builder. That is not, uh, uh, it, it's got to be fixed cost. Okay, so... Um, what I wanted to mention here, uh, and this is going to be a shout out to designers, really, um, because you're gonna you're gonna get your building plans, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, when it gets drywalled, then I'm gonna picture what we're gonna do to this house, <laughs> the tile and this and that. Well, you're when you're submitting those plans and this cost breakdown, 
you really kind of need to know where those costs are at. Otherwise, what can happen is, you know, you get a generic cost from the builder, which they will supply because they want to get the loan done. They want to get moving. They want to get that permit. But then you go to uh, the tile store and your tile bid is $20,000 over what was on the cost breakdown. And that cost breakdown may have been based on a spec home or based on uh, a very basic, a basic, basic tile, basic, basic tile windows. And these are the things that cause frustrations between a buyer and a builder is the builder will say, okay, our cost or our allowance for tile was $20,000. What you selected was $42,000. So you're going to need to bring another $22,000 into the build. And buyers get pretty frustrated about that. So if you, once you get your building plans, if you work with a designer or you get actual bids before that, um, instead of waiting till the house is drywalled, um, you're going to have a more accurate cost breakdown that you can supply to the bank. And then you're not going to have to bring in extra cash. Okay. So is that, is that a true statement? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, 5% contingency uh, in, in the budget, in the line, uh, as a line item. Um, so, you know, there can be a little bit of play with change orders, but for the most part, you're bringing in the money that you're, in your example, the 22000 Hey, this is Chad Nelson cost. with the A-Team at Caldwell Banker in. Realty. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about new construction. Uh, new construction is uh, by far the most popular home to buy in Lake Havasu. And in many ways, it... Uh, Labor costs it really, up. you know, you're you're out. And it really projects of what the market is doing in Lake Havasu City. So yeah, and, and with the rise of those prices, we're trying to kind of make sure we have that cushion and that wiggle room. Yeah, if we stay agency, and you have ten percent of the project in reserves. They'll allow you to waive the contingency from the from the budget if you if you want to do that. Um, on Jumbo, they require the contingency line item. Okay, and we're gonna we'll jump back to what Jumbo is because a lot of people don't understand. Uh, that terminology, but uh, what I want to stick to you right now is this cost breakdown. Okay, because the, the cost breakdown is where we get into trouble a lot of times, um, and it doesn't make a it doesn't make a good uh, example for the realtor, for the lender, and for the builder because the builder uh, they they kind of expect everyone else to explain that, you know. They're just providing a cost breakdown as a part of the process to get the loan. So they don't really go into detail of how much the tile is going to cost because they don't have a tile bid yet. Yeah. They're going to base it off of if they built that floor plan before and what that cost was last time, which that home could have built, been built six months, a year ago, that particular plan. Right. And prices have gone up by 20%, and we've got a 5% uh, contingency budget, so the buyer's going to have to come in with the extra cash, or they're going to fight with the builder. Hey, you should have known that. You need to bring your fee down, or whatever. Those are the type of things that we're seeing right now. Yes. So uh, it's important to take that extra step, which is going to it's going to take about a month to hire a designer, go through a design, get uh, a true a more true cost breakdown, and provide those numbers to the builder. So they can plug those numbers in 
and then you you're actually financing more of a true cost of the home and then we have a, a better contingency budget that we can play with um, if the uh, uh, if the market adjusts a little bit and that's that's what we're seeing right now we're seeing markets that have adjusted and the allowances don't meet the qualifications of what the buyers pick for uh, textiles and and then they don't qualify for the loan anymore so um, so that's important to know that you've got you know five to ten percent contingency or five percent contingency so it's best to think you know we got a five percent contingency um, so I want to jump back to what you said about a jumbo loan so a, a conventional loan uh, conventional loan amount is what right now six forty seven two hundred as of right now Okay, six forty-seven two hundred. Any loan amount below that, we're on agency guidelines, so it, it's gonna the loan's gonna be securitized by Fannie Mae. Uh, anything above that, it's gonna be a jumbo loan, um, and it's gonna you know, probably sit on whoever's books until whichever bank it's sent to until uh, the loan's done. And then a lot of times at the end of the process, then it's securitized once the the draws are all paid out and any remaining funds have gone back towards the principal balance of the loan. Um, at, at that point, um, you know, you're, you're, we'll probably switch servicing companies. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have, you guys service it through. We, we service it through. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if it's a, if it's an in-house single source. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you have a million dollar build and your house is worth 200,000, you're going to be going into a jumbo loan. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So, uh, there's there's just a difference between conventional loan and jumbo loan. Uh, what was the loan amount again? Six forty seven two hundred. Six forty seven two hundred. So if your loan amount is above six forty seven two hundred, then you're going to be in, in a jumbo loan. If you're below, then you're going to be into conventional financing, which is different interest rates, and that's important to know uh, going into the project. Okay. Different loan. I don't know about you guys. Different loan to values for us too as well. The jumbos are going to be a lot of lower loan to value allowances versus uh, your uh, conventional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can go to eighty nine point nine nine on conventional uh, and uh, eighty five on jumbo. And we're a lot more conservative. We're actually eighty percent on the sixty five. Okay, so uh, thank you for you know sharing those those different numbers. That's important as well. Um, all right, so. Next thing we're going to talk about is most builders right now are most comfortable with a cost plus approach. Okay, the builders, this is actually a, the builders typically make less money doing a cost plus approach, but they don't have to deal with uh, the concern of, of the budgets being out of proportion, the cost breakdown being out of proportion. So the they they say, hey, I'll just take this fee, this percentage, and you worry about the rest. You know, I'll do this cost breakdown to get your loan or whatever, but but you're responsible for the rest. I'm just locking in my fee. And when they lock in their fee, then they don't have to worry about the buyer saying, hey, this was miscalculated or this. And the builder can just say, you selected that. I make my cost. You pay the rest. Okay. So builders are liking that right now because they've got into a contract, a contract price, and those prices are no longer accurate. 
uh, building costs went way up or the, they're starting to come down a little bit. But we haven't seen that, as far as I know, we haven't seen those costs uh, uh, declination really hitting the builders yet. It hasn't hit Lake Havasu. When you listen to national news, Lake Havasu does not apply. <laughs> Lake Havasu is an island. We don't produce anything here. We don't produce granite. We don't produce tile. We don't produce toilets. We, we produce nothing here. Everything gets shipped to us. So building costs are going to be, and, and we're not bulk. You know, more and more people want their house to be custom. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's not cookie cutter. And they want different tile. They don't want to use, you know, what's in stock. They want to order it. So it's really important to know that Lake Havasu City is an island. It can be, in many cases, higher cost per square foot than California. Yep. It can be higher cost per square foot than Vegas and higher cost per square foot in Phoenix. And so when people come here, especially from California, and they see that our prices are less, they expect new construction prices to be a lot less. And it often it often causes, um, especially we get a lot of contractors that come from California that want new construction homes, and they say, I'll just do it myself. And that is a huge mistake in Lake Havasu City. You do not want to do owner-builder um, because you don't have a relationship with the subcontractors, and they just won't show up. And if you are... In that scenario, you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> they they won't show up. They want you used to they want you to use licensed contractors. The licensed contractors typically they'll pay on time. They've got the relationships, and that's, they that's what it's, it's all about relationships. It's all about town. relationships. Very small town. town. Yeah. So, um, so the builders are are really comfortable with this cost plus contract, but it's not really possible. So I want to talk about how the lenders are making that possible. I think that the cost breakdown that I discussed is uh, is very important, and how that how you can make that and manipulate it so it can work by getting the the bids beforehand, and maybe um, upping that contingency budget based on where we're seeing price increases from fifteen to twenty to thirty percent you may want to adjust your contingency budget accordingly and make sure that you qualify for that loan. Um, what are the other tips and tricks that you guys have there? I think we were talking about it earlier. The, 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 the cost plus is not a bad uh, way to go. It's just we have to have some kind of cap because they have to approve a borrower at a loan amount. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to have some kind of bearing on where we're going to start, and that's where the, that, that cap puts us at. Um, some of the other things you can look into in that situation and all these situations is there's nothing against the, the builder putting contingencies into his contract too, his or her contract. Mm -hmm. um, and that's perfectly fine. At the end of the day, for us, if the, the contingency is not used, house is done, they just do a change order, price is reduced from this to this, uh, you know, $20,000 of contingency is removed from the contract. Mm -hmm. um, and then the perm loan is going to be $20,000 less. So, I mean, it, it, it just depends on which way they want to go and the way they want to work it. Yeah, what our investor won't allow is an open checkbook. Yes. You know, that, that's the, the, I guess, delineation. Uh, they'll do a version of cost plus if it's this line does not exceed this amount. Mm -hmm. So it's 
kind of a quasi cost plus, but they still want to see an amount and you know, that amount has got to be on the budget and you know, that's what we're basing our loan amounts off of. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the open checkbook concept, while really cool, gets you into trouble too a lot of times because you end up spending a lot more than you probably would have if you were stuck to only spending 20,000 on the tile instead of 42,000 on the tile. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So, so now that we've learned that, you know, there's two different ways that your lot is going to count towards a down payment. Um, we've learned that you need a set of plans. You need an approved builder. Uh, you need a cost breakdown. So what type of FICO score do people need? Um, and how does the interest work during new construction and after? And uh, we'll start with you, Joel. So it depends on the program, again, whether it's jumbo or uh, conventional agency financing as far as FICO scores are concerned. Um, our jumbo is going to be a little more restrictive as far as uh, credit score because it's their larger loan amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more risk to the investor when you have a larger loan amount. Therefore, they want to see a more sound uh, borrower um, uh, you know, qualifying for the, the particular loan they're trying to get. Um, it's... Uh, believe the minimum FICO score on our product is 660, but I'd have to double check. Where are you guys at for your... We're at 680. 680, okay. 680 for either one. Um, uh, it does still have to... Sec- Two-time closes are going to have to require our new um, uh, investor guidelines, the same thing. So we have to look at those individually depending on which way we're going and which investor we're using. Um, we, nope. do, we do finance and we fund our loans internally, but then we end up selling them off to investors. So we still have to meet those investor guidelines. And they're, um, you guys are the same way, I believe. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so, so a one-time close and a two-time close. So we keep, we keep hearing that terminology, and I don't think people really understand what that means. So your, your two-time close, you're going to have a, an interest rate during the build, and then you're going to lock it in for a 15-year, 30 you're gonna have you're gonna have two closes basically. Uh-huh. That's where the two time close. You're gonna have your construction loan, and then your perm loan. Um, your perm loan financing is the, the interest rate on it on a two time close is floating. There is no way to lock that in. There's no way to guarantee that mm-hmm. rate because uh, without knowing when the product when the house is gonna be finished, we can't lock a, a rate in. Mm-hmm. We can't just say I want to lock it in indefinitely. It doesn't work in our business. So if with the rates fluctuating the way they are, how do you protect the the buyer from, um, or the owner, how do you protect them from not not qualifying with that, that have, perm loan? We have a little more stringent stringent guidelines. Um, that's where the loan to values kind of come into play a little bit because we got a little bit more wiggle room in those loan to values. Um, uh, the the um, debt to income ratio we actually use a higher interest rate in qualifying versus what it is at that time. Awesome. So. We try to mitigate as much as we can. Of course, you know, we don't have a crystal ball just like everybody else, so there's no way of telling if it's going to happen or not. Uh, if it came down to the bottom line and the house was finished and rates went up so much that the borrower didn't qualify, um, the bank ultimately is not going to take their house from them. <laughs> Our goal is to try and get them into that house. So right. we look at something in-house, and we have that flexibility of keeping it in-house too as well. Okay, so one, 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 it's not the ideal situation. <laughs> one term that we use is, is reserves. So in, in that type of situation where you use a little bit higher interest rate to qualify them, in a new construction loan, how much do they have to have in the reserves? Uh, Which meaning that, that after the down payment, closing costs, and everything, the bank expects them to 
have a little bit left in their bank account. That all that all depends on the product. I'm, I'm in the same way. I'm sure it just depends on the product. Uh, your your primaries they aren't going to stress too much about reserves because it's a primary home. They know they're living into it. Um, second homes you're going to have some investments, jumbos, just depending on which product and program you're going with is going to dictate what kind of reserves and when they'll. It can be anywhere from two to twelve months. Okay. Agency is all per AUS guidelines. AUS is the automated underwriting system. So it's going to be whatever Fannie Mae's desktop underwriter says you need to have for reserves. Th those are your reserves. Uh, it's the computer underwriter. With uh, Jumbo, it's going to be based off of loan amount, credit score. Um, we'll all kind of determine ultimately how much the investor is going to require for you to have in your bank account after you close. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And we actually don't do, my investor doesn't do a, a two-time close. We we're only do one-time close. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so uh, Jeff touched on it uh, a moment ago. Um, with with one-time close, um, you're qualifying for your loan. You're locking your interest rate in. Uh, everything's done one time. And uh, during construction, you're uh, an agency it's uh, the qualifying rate is whatever the, the eventual note rate is plus 75 basis points. That's what you're paying in interest and in interest only uh, on jumbo. It's baked into the rate. So it's the same rate all throughout the uh, process. But while you're actually doing the construction work, whether you select nine, 12, 18, 24 month uh, construction terms to get the property built, uh, you're only paying interest on your outstanding balance uh, at that time. So you, know, you start with a, uh, $100,000 to pay off your current mortgage uh, on the lot loan you have, uh, and the, you have a million-dollar uh, construction budget, um, you're going to take draws as you proceed through construction. Um, the first draw you're allowed to take is 10%. Um, so you can get $100,000 uh, right up front, and that can go towards paying back soft costs. Um, soft costs are going to be things like you know, survey uh, permits, architectural plans. Architectural plans are obviously very expensive. Um, if you put down deposits on appliances, um, you know, all those things can get paid back through that first draw. Um, but it is interest only throughout the process, but it's fixed for the uh, entire time, whether you select a 30-year fixed rate on an agency product or 15-year fixed rate uh, loan or whether you select uh, on, on the jumbo. We've seen recently the 30-year jumbo Fixed rates, uh, we, we lost that product. Um, we offer seven and 10 year uh, fixed. Um, so they're adjustable after seven and 10 years um, after your construction uh, process is, is completed. I know, Jeff, you said you had a little bit different. Uh, yeah, terms. Ours, are, ours are a 31 year loan, uh, and they're actually uh, six year fixed, uh, eight year fixed, and 11 year fixed. Uh, first year is interest only for that, that construction term. Um, we do have the ability to extend it. Um, they're they're working out the paperwork right now because this is we're all in a new. Everybody's in a new atmosphere right now with uh, the industry, everything going on. So we aren't used to all these changes and having to. I mean, build times were usually twelve months. You know, except, except for the jumbos. Now your average house, uh, you're lucky if they're getting built in in twelve months. Um, because of delays, some of them are taking. That's some not months. realistic, by the way. Build, you know. Maybe the build, and the build after, yes. after you get the permit, the the, the, the but everything else along with it. You have the permits that are taking that are holding things up a little bit, depending on when you're getting that. Um, I know block walls, pool, all that good stuff. If you incorporate all that in your construction loan, 
all that has to be done before we can actually close the loan. Good um, point. Good point. So it, it, even if, if you don't, we still have to make sure that stuff is done because there's a big hole in the in the in the ground. Uh, it could be called out. If it's called out, my underwriter may ask for it to be done because it's health and safety issues. And so now you're running into situations where I didn't finance that pool, but there's a big hole in the ground. I got I can't finish everything until it's done. Right. Um, so that's where the, all the delays are trying to coordinate. And I think it's just trying to coordinate all that stuff together right now. So again, your pre-planning is so yeah, important. You got to if you if you're gonna do a wall and you want to finance it, if you're gonna do a pool and you're gonna finance it, you need to have those contracts in place and and pre-plan for even metal gates and landscaping and all that stuff. So, thank you for bringing up that point. Um, so it, I believe that the builders in Lake Havasu are really the heartbeat of the real estate market, in my opinion. Um, New construction products, uh, whether you're buying a spec home or you're building a home, um, the value for those homes really set the bar for the market, and they increase in value faster than than anything else. Um, and a big reason for that is, you know, if I sell a spec home, and a spec home is uh, a builder owns a lot, and they either they either get financing or work with an investor or they pay for the construction of the home themselves and then they sell it on the market and someone buys that home and typically a spec home comes with front landscaping and pre-wired for everything you can possibly imagine. So the buyer walks in and they put in the speakers and they put in, you know, the, the blinds and I think, Joel's recently ex experienced all this stuff, <laughs> the speakers, the blinds, the appliances. And, and then in three years, you know, the, the realtor says, Hey, you know, how are you enjoying the new home? Oh, I'm, I'm loving it. Hey, how much is my home worth? Just wondering. And they are always shocked at how much their new construction home is worth. Um, because you don't have problems with the roof. You don't have problems with the air conditioner. Uh, all the latest and greatest, you know, granite and cabinets and everything is installed. Um, you energy have efficiency is, the yeah. energy efficiency is massive. The windows, the insulation, um, which is important in this town. Yeah, heat shield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tech shield roofing, all all the stuff that are is uh, almost a requirement these days. If if a buyer is going to be interested in a spec home, but those homes appreciate like crazy. So oftentimes. You'll run into a home that hits the market um, a couple of years later that someone has bought and now they're reselling. They're just going to do it over and over again. And it's not a bad investment strategy if you are, you know, a buyer and want to do this. Um, but we're, we're in this unique time where builders have been very successful. Um, they are, are, have built this town out successfully. And now they've actually put enough money away in their own pocket to where they've purchased lots that they are now going to build on for themselves and sell spec homes. So with that being said, the builders are kind of caught right now because they bought all these lots, um, but they're afraid to build spec homes because the market's changed. And, and they, they should be afraid to build right now. Um, because the market has changed, the profit margin's not there, the uh, subcontractors have raised all their fees, 
and everybody's working their heart out. So it's it's not to say that the subcontractors are, you know, um, not doing that rightfully so, but it's important to understand that the, the builders are not going to make the profit margin that they were, you know, in bygone years. So uh, that's changed. So right now, buyers have an opportunity to walk into a builder and say, do you have a lot and do you have a plan that I could build on your lot and save some money? So um, a lot of the, the ways that we've talked about, you know, financing this, these products will work the same way. If a builder is willing to do that, then you can basically take the floor plan, the builder's cost, um, the cost breakdown, it will all get appraised, and then you could move forward with the new construction loan. So never before have, have I seen this scenario where builders have a really nice inventory of lots and where you could walk in and you have the plans already done. The, they're ready to go to permit. Um, this stuff takes time. You know, the lot's already purchased. So purchasing, purchasing a lot, the fastest you can close is what? What's the fastest you could close a lot? Um, I saw one close in two weeks uh, recently. That's okay. Pretty quick. Yeah, yeah there, a, lot of the, a lot of the the closings are dictated by the appraisers, which are starting to catch up now. And, yeah. And we're starting to see them come through fairly. I mean, I just got one just recently in a construction loan, and I think I don't have it. I, I've had it maybe not even less than two weeks, and I'll, I could close. Builder's not ready because he's still waiting for permits and all yeah. that good stuff. But, yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, the appraisals are coming through really quick now. So the quickest you can close a lot with a loan is is two weeks, basically. Yes. yes. So there's there's a two-week timeline right there. And then if you hire a builder and you get plans on that lot, that that could take you six months. Easily. It could take you six months to get a plan on that lot. And then you're going to do your cost breakdown. And then you're going to do permits. So you're looking at about a year's worth of time before you start construction. Now, when a builder owns a lot and you walk in and you say, do you have a plan on the lot? Are you ready for permits? You're cutting a year. You're cutting a year of time out of the process. So never before have I seen such a time where, where you could do this. And so I'm going to recommend that, you know, if you're looking to build a new construction home and you're a buyer, you know, explore this option. Explore this option. You know, when you're going to a model home or when you're talking to realtors, you know, hey, do you know of a builder that already has lots and already has plans? You're going to save yourself a year of time. Um, when you're getting exactly what you want as well, you know, where you can, uh, hey, I want an extra bedroom here. I don't want this extra bedroom. You know, you've got the ability to really get what you want rather than what somebody else has already decided for. Yeah. And you can, you can select you did, all the designs. You did bring up some other good points too, and I think that's really important to understand is, um, sometimes these construction loans do take a little longer than your average loan. People are basing it off, oh, I just did my refinance. I got it done in three weeks. Or four. Sometimes they take a little longer because you're waiting on, on, on information. And then you're also waiting for the builder to be ready to pull permits or have permits there. Um, and, and buyers really have to understand that. I had a gentleman that got a little upset because he's like, this is taking forever. I'm like, I just got the plans from the builder. I couldn't order the appraisal until I had the plans. Right. Um, and this was 30 days into the transaction. Mm -hmm. um, and then we waited another 60 days 
for permits. And mm-hmm. so it was, you know, it was a, a 90 day process after he understood that uh, it, it was fairly simple and easy, but it, it was, it was kind of a little bit of a hurdle we had to take care of up front because they, they, they're projecting, oh, it's going to get done in 30 days or, right. or, or, you know, 45 days at the most. And it takes, sometimes it takes longer than that. It just depends on where you're at in the stages. And if you've done that prepping, if you have everything ready or not. Right. Right. Good information. Awesome information. Um, few more things I wanted to touch on, um, you know, talking about the builders being the heartbeat of the community. Builders who, who are uh, dedicated to the community have also started building uh, apartment complexes, uh, tiny homes, um, and uh, uh, affordable home projects. They're, they're trying to right now. They're, they're trying to make that happen. Some are being successful, some are in that process, um, but they are trying. And what I wanted to, to reach out and, and talk about was if I own a home and I want to put an ADU in my backyard. So in, in Havasu, it's really common to, to call them like a casita. Because, you know, you come into Havasu and, and a realtor might say the word casita or a lender or a builder. And if you're coming from anywhere else, you're like, what is, what is that? What is a casita? So casitas are, it's an accessory dwelling unit. And in some cases, if you meet qualifications from the city, you know, you could rent out that accessory dwelling unit and you could help to solve the affordable housing um, uh, issue that we're having in Lake Havasu City. So accessory dwelling unit or a casita if I own my home, how do I how do I come to the bank and say, or come to the lender and say, hey, I want to build this accessory dwelling unit in, in my backyard, and and rent it out. We have we have our construction loan products will actually run into that too as well. Um, the only difference between that one is uh, we're going to get an as is appraised value, and that's similar to your lot value. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the house mm-hmm. and what the house appraises for right now, and then. Um, the projected with the new casita. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to be looking at every appraisal when you're dealing with construction is going to have two different aspects of it that we're looking at. We're looking at the, the actual value of, of the unit itself, whether it be the lot or the house, and then we're looking at what it's going to appraise for when, when it's completely done. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are the big big pieces of the appraisals we're looking at. Uh, if you have enough equity in there and you meet the guidelines, once again, that 80% if you're in conventional, um, it's going to be the same thing. The only difference is we're going to actually pay off your, your, your first mortgage. If you have a mortgage on it right now, we're going to pay that off. You're going to start making payments right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the house, the casita is built, then you can turn around and you'll, your, your payments will actually gradually go up. Um, the one thing I have to say too as well, and I get this all the time on construction, I'm not sure if you get it or not, but uh, um, always, they're always asking, what's the payment? What's the payment? Uh, there is no, absolutely no way we can predict what your payment's going to be because mm-hmm. it is interest only on the balance of the loan. Mm-hmm. So it's going to gradually go up as the house is built. I don't know when the builder, and I don't restrict builders on, on their draws. If they're ready for a draw, we give it to them. It could be 15 days into the, into the, the, uh, the month. Well, now you got 15 days of interest of one balance and 15 days of interest of another, or 16 or 14, depending on the months, uh, day in the months. Uh, and and that's going to dictate your payment. So we can't tell them that. 
But um, that project wouldn't be that hard. You just it's going to be the same similar thing. You got to have the builder. You got to have the, the the cost breakdown, contract, and we're going to go over there and, and treat it just like a construction loan, a regular construction loan. I don't know if you guys have the same. I, I had a client recently come to me and was wanting to do exactly what you're uh, referring to and build a accessory dwelling unit on their property. Mm-hmm. And when we started looking at payment and interest rate and everything else, it made a lot more sense for them to do a home equity line of credit. When you do a home equity line of credit, you're not having to provide the bank with the builder information. You're the one who's determining what draws you want to pay the contractor as progress progresses. Um, And a lot of people don't want to take, uh, you know, we're coming from a very low interest rate environment for the last six, seven years. Um, Interest rates essentially have have, have almost doubled, if, if, if not doubled, since say December of, of last year, yeah. so a lot of people don't want to take the uh, you know four hundred thousand they owe on their first mortgage right now at two point eight seven five and turn it into a construction loan at you know five and a half or six percent the entire the entire amount loan, they'll yeah. just do a home equity line of credit yeah um, that's based on prime and you know depending where interest rates are a year from now two years from now maybe they look to do a cash out refinance and combine both of those but what what I've seen more recently is a lot of people won't want to go through all the steps with a construction loan. They would rather just go through, get a home equity line of credit and then be able to, uh, to determine the progress and the direction of the, of the, um, of the project without having a, a third party administrator who's administering the funds, uh, you know, get involved. Thank you for mentioning that. Cause I was going to bring up that approach <laughs> as well. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is, uh, is, you know, this, this section is for the builders. How do your draw systems work? They've actually changed quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how They've work? changed. We've actually changed them a lot in, in, in trying to um, accommodate builders. We've had situations where the builders are trying to pre-order stuff. Um, and with supply chain delays and everything, we're trying to accommodate them in that. Um, we've actually paid... You know, if they have a lumber package, they're trying to get it ordered right now, but they're, they haven't even broken ground because they realize it's going to be three months, four months before they get it. Um, we've actually paid those out. We, we used to be on a five, a strict five draw system, uh-huh. uh, but they've kind of changed that to try and help out the builders and trying to help out that build time. And that's something we're trying to do to accomplish those, those time frames and, and any kind of delays that we could run into. That's awesome. That's with, with ours, it's based on the scope of the project. So the more expensive the home, the more draws are most likely going to occur uh, throughout the process. They allow uh, inspections virtually. So it's basically a FaceTime. The builder, in a sense, FaceTimes with Granite, who's the administrator that my investor uses, um, to check on progress. And then they'll release the draw based off of a FaceTime uh, phone conversation rather than sending an inspector and waiting for that to happen. Um, that's really accelerated, of course, because of COVID and the shutdowns that we've had. So, um, you know, it, stuff shut down, but yet construction was still going on. So they had to find a, a more innovative way of doing it than sending an inspector out to get your draws approved. So they'll actually allow FaceTime conversations to get draws released now. And the amount of draws, again, depends on, on scope of project. Okay. So those are those are two different approaches. Oh, and each different contract, let me add something to that, I'm sorry. Um, each different contract is going to have its own draw, too. Like, mm-hmm. you have a wall that's going to be totally different, um, a different draw than to the builder. You have a uh-huh. pool, totally different draw to the builder. So right. you might have several different draws in the transaction itself. But um, but our, our 
builder contracts usually five draws. Yeah. So it's, it's really important for the builder to know what the draw system is like. Um, because there, there, there are a lot of builders that will say, hey, look, you know, I can cut the, the project time down if I can go ahead and start ordering your lights, ordering your appliances, ordering your tile now, and I'll go ahead and, and store them for you. Um, and a lot of times I do that for free, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and store it for you for free. And then when we get there, we, we just supply the product to the subcontractor. And then, you know, with the with the progress payments, they the lender's gonna give you what's there. Based and then and then they'll finalize that draw when say the tile installation is done. They'll give you the if the tile's on site, they'll give you the money for the tile. And then once the tile's done, they'll give you the rest of the money for the installation. Yeah, that's a great point you brought up because especially with the supply chain constraints we've had due to COVID or I mean due to whatever. Uh, just the the amount of time things are taking to come in, absolutely. That, that you know you want to be getting that stuff, you know, on site or at least in a storage uh, facility of the builder uh, as soon as possible because it speeds up your construction time and you're not sitting around waiting for, you know, your your towel to come in. You, you have it sitting there at, at on site or at the builder's warehouse and you know you bring it over when you need it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining our podcast, um, Joel. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, they can call uh, me directly. Uh, my, are we gonna put up a graphic or do? <laughs> yeah, we yeah we can put up a graphic for you. Yeah, yeah. I, my uh, my cell phone's nine four nine three seven eight two two one eight. So if you want to call me directly or text me directly, um, I always think it's important to shop around for your loans. Um, you know, it's it's always good to get a couple quotes, uh, just like you get a couple contractor quotes and interview several contractors before you select which one you use. Uh, I always find it's it's helpful to you know see what other options are out there uh, for for loan scenarios um, because interest rates can change uh, drastically between different institutions. So I always recommend shopping around. And Jeff, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, then call me on my cell phone or our um, text, and it's nine two eight four eight six five four zero four. And we'll we'll put those graphics up for you. And again, I'm Chad Nelson with the A-Team at Caldwell Banker Realty. And thank you for joining our podcast today.